you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. Man, good morning, Movement Church. You look great. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Any 49er fans in the crowd? Chiefs fan. Good food at a Super Bowl party fans. All right. Yeah, that's how I feel. My team hasn't been to the Super Bowl in 25 years, so I'm heartbroken and bitter. But I'm glad you're here, and I'm excited about what God wants to do. I, I just know every time we show up, He has big plans for us. But before I even dive into my message, I got to just tell you, there's something unique that happens at the Movement Church. We, we do them in semesters. They're called Connect Groups. And in fact, we talk about it all the time, about how church happens between Sundays. And we've tried to create a space where everyone from every walk and season of life, every stage, age, and phase can connect with people and, and build relationships for the purposes of experiencing God do something great. God uses Sunday mornings in a, a way to motivate and to move us, but he uses people in our life to bring change and growth. And so every year we have about three or four different semesters, so a starting point and a stopping point, usually between six to ten weeks. And there are groups that happen throughout the week all over Orange County, all different times of the day. And I just want to challenge you, make plans and listen make a priority to be in a group. If you don't know where to start, we have groups for men, groups for women, groups for marriages, groups for students. We've got, if you're here and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to get like a handle on my finances. We have a Financial Peace University group, which will be life-changing. If you're brand new to faith, or even if you're here, and you're not even sure you believe this whole God thing, you need to check out Alpha. It is a phenomenal course that really just helps you discover what the Bible is talking about and, and what it is that we believe. But if you're here and you've said yes to Jesus and you, you've, you've, you've been walking with him for any number of months or years, but maybe you just you feel stuck or you still got some stuff that you're dealing with, then I want to just challenge you. You need to get into freedom groups. And they're a 10-week group. And here's my hope. My heart as a pastor would be that everyone in our church in, over the course of a year has at least been to Alpha once and at least has been in freedom groups because it is so transformational that you honestly, I can't even describe it. 10 weeks with the same group of people and it culminates in a two-day conference that is just unbelievable. And, and you will finish that group and go, man, I didn't realize that life could be this way. So if you've not checked out a group, you need to. You, in fact, you can text the word CONNECT to the number on the screen, and you'll get a menu that'll tell you everything about all of our groups. Sign up for one today. We've already had one week, but there's still plenty of time. You don't want to miss it. Everybody say, yes, sir, Pastor Kerry. Thank you so much. Well, let's dive into our sermon for today. I am fired up. We're starting a brand new series called Forward. Everyone say Forward. Uh, today, the title of my message is Assemble. Everyone say Assemble. Jesus came to do two things. Number one, to seek and to save the lost. Not to do miracles, not to preach great sermons, not to have awesome hair, but to seek and to save the lost. And listen, I've got news for you. All of us in this room either are or have been lost in our life, and Jesus came to unite us with 
him in relationship, and he did that on the cross when he gave up his life for the sins of all humanity. But he also came to do a second thing and synonymously did these at the same time. First, to seek and to save the lost. The second was to establish his church. Everyone say his church. And the reason he did that is the church is the vessel in which we reach the lost. The movement church's mission is to inspire the one far from God to find life in Christ and life in the church. I wanted to say this. They're going to put it on the screen. And I, I'm, scream on the screen. Put that on the screen. They're going to put it on the screen for you to read. But there is nothing that we can do in more cooperation with Jesus than loving and building his church. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is your mission. There's nothing we can do in more cooperation with Jesus than loving and building his church. Will you say it with me? Let's read this out loud. You ready? There's nothing we can do in more cooperation with Jesus than loving and building his church. That's it for me. You guys are dismissed. And I want to share you a, a, a message with you regarding this. In Matthew 16, Jesus illustrated his heart. He said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. In other words, nothing on earth and heaven and in hell, nothing can stop the church. He told men, he said, hey, you're to love your wives as I love the church. Christ gave himself up for her. In other words, he gave up everything for the church. Jesus is building his church, and the church is the hope of the world. So this series is about just that. It's about the church, but here's the kicker. The church is not a building. It's not a name. It's not drum risers or a screen. The church is people. The church is you, and that's terrifying because we're, how many of you in here, just be honest, are a little bit messy? How many of you are a little bit imperfect? How many of you are extremely jacked up? Thank you, you are my people. And God chose people like you and me to be his church. So this series is actually about you. It's all about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love me some me. Turn to your second choice, say, I love me some me. This series is about you. Today, the title again is Assemble. Everyone say Assemble. Say it with some passion. Say assemble. You can text the word notes to the number on the screen, and you can follow along, but I want to challenge you. Lean in and listen. Don't miss a Sunday because this series is about you. I want to pray, and we're just going to lean in and see what God wants to do over the course of the next few moments together. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you that you're up to something big and that you're moving and working in our lives. So God, I just pray that you would lean in like never before. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can I just tell you some good news, by the way? We have spring coming early because Poxitani Phil saw his shadow. Woo! I read that article this morning, and I realized I've never lived in a state where winter mattered. Can I get an amen from some people who appreciate stinking 56 degrees is cold? Put your North Face jacket and your scarf and your mittens. You're walking into Starbucks wearing mittens because it's 56 degrees. And I forgot Poxitani Phil's still alive. So you're blessed. Spring is coming early, my friends. Hey, I just want to tell you a quick story as we dive into today's message. I've asked Brooks to hang with me today uh, just to help me preach even better than, than first service. And 
uh, story real quickly. I want to talk to you about the importance of going to church. And uh, I heard about a guy who woke up on a Sunday morning and he's like, I'm not going to church. And he went into his wife and she's like, listen, bang. I'm not going to church. I'm going to give you three reasons. Number one, I don't like the building. I don't like the long rows and the ushers tell me to go to the center. And what if I want to leave early or use the restroom? I don't like that building. And number two, I don't like the people. And number three, I'm pretty sure the people don't like me. I've seen the way they look at me and I'm over it. And his wife, like a good wife does, says, you are going to church. And let me give you three reasons why. Number one, I woke up early. I got ready. Number two, your kids woke up early and they got ready. And number three, you're the pastor and people are waiting to hear you preach. <laughs> Let me tell you three reasons why you need to go to church. Everyone say, go to church. Now, listen, I love the fact that technology is, is awesome and we can tune into a podcast or watch on YouTube. In fact, in the upcoming weeks and months, we will have a YouTube channel that will uh, showcase our services on that. And hopefully by the end of the year, we'll be streaming our services live so that if you miss a Sunday or you're sick or something comes up, you have accessible uh, the ability to stay connected to the movement church. But listen, I'm just telling you, go to church. Make going to church a priority. And I'm going to give you three reasons of why it is so crucial. Number one, everyone say number one, God's presence. Thanks for repeating that. Everyone say God's presence. God's presence. The reason that we come together on Sunday mornings is because of God's presence. Now I realize God is everywhere. That's his omnipresence. And if you've said yes to Jesus, you're a follower of Christ, then the Holy Spirit lives in you. That's inner presence. But I'm talking about the manifest presence of God. That's the made known presence. When God makes himself known to you and to me in a tangible way that we feel and sense and know. And this happens when we come together. In the very beginning, God told Moses, which is one of the chief characters in the Bible, he said, hey, I want you to actually build me a church. In those days, it was called a tabernacle, and it was a tent in the desert. So if you think long rows are hard, you would not like that church. And he said, I want you to build me a church, a tabernacle, a sanctuary. And this is what God said to Moses in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8. He said, and let them make me a sanctuary. Look at the scripture, that I may dwell in their midst. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell. I want to be with my people. It goes on in verse 22. He says, there I will meet with you. There I will speak with you. In the New Testament, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 18, he said, hey, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. You see, it's his presence that shows up on Sunday mornings when we assemble for church. And you probably can remember a moment at the movement church during worship or others where, where God just showed up and you felt or sensed the presence of God. The presence of God is so significant that God was speaking with Moses, the same character I just referred to, and he was sending them into the wilderness. And Moses said, listen, I appreciate that you've given us the law. I appreciate you told us how to live. But God, if you don't send your presence, if your presence doesn't go with us, then don't send us. He said, I can't do life without your presence in my life. He went on and he says, if your presence doesn't go with us, how will people know that we're yours? What will separate us from everyone else? 
He was saying, God, it's your presence that makes us different. And the church is different from every other organization in the world. Why? Because when we assemble, the presence of God shows up. Every other gathering of people is just that. It's a gathering. But it's in the presence of God that changes life. Because this is God's house. You ever thought that the pastor or the preacher has been doing some eavesdropping in your conversations? Like, how did he hear about that argument we had? Did you call him? Did you text him? Or maybe the thoughts you were having in your mind during the week or an argument you were having with an invisible person in your car on the way to work, and it's like all of a sudden the pastor's preaching, and he's recounting the same things that you said when you were alone. You're like, how did he do that? It's because the Holy Spirit knows what's going on in your life behind the scenes. And when we assemble, the manifest presence of God connects with what God wants to do inside of us. And he uses a moment like that to tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, this is for you. I had a good friend who started coming to our church uh, early in the early years. We used to meet in the movie theaters at the Kaleidoscope over in Mission Viejo. And one, actually, one end, end, Sunday, I, I walked out of the sanctuary to Theater 6, which is still there. And I walked out of the sanctuary, and this woman came up to me, and she's like, did you? Were you preaching at me? I saw you pointing at me the whole service. And I was like, I hate to tell you this, but I can't see anyone because of the lights. So you just thought... I was preaching. That's the Holy Spirit going, hey, this is for you. Another friend came in the early years, and, and we were talking. and said, hey, why do you come to the movement church? Why do, you, why do you come back? And he goes, I don't know what it is, but I've been in church my whole life. My whole life I grew up in church, but every time I'm in the movement church during worship, I end up crying. And I said, that bad, huh? I'll, I'll talk to the worship team. He goes, no, I feel something, and it moves me. And I said, dude, that's the presence of God. And when we assemble, he is here. When we worship, he is here. We just heard Jesus say that to us. Hey, when two or three gather in my name, I'm right there in their midst. But listen, in Psalm 22, verse 3, the writer says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Other translations say he is enthroned in the praises. So when we sing songs of praise and adoration to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God's like, I just burped, sorry. God's like, ah, I just, I can still feel it. I'm trying to get over it. When we sing praises of adoration, sorry, I have ADHD, that's just what happens. God show, Megan's going to talk to me about this after service. Don't do that again. If you burp, don't talk about it. I'm like, I know. She goes, that's so cringy. I'm like, I didn't think, I didn't plan that. It's not in my notes. Don't say that. Okay, but something else is probably going to happen. It's literally going to happen. She's, look, she's telling me to go on. She's literally right now. I'm not even going to look at her. I'm going to stand over here. I might, I might hang right here for a minute. So listen, when we come together for church, the, the worship component of a service is not a performance to observe. This isn't a concert but it's a moment where you can engage with the creator of the heavens and the earth. When we worship God, he shows up. When we assemble, God's presence shows up and it changes everything. We were first meeting at the movie theaters at the Kaleidoscope and 
uh, we met in the movie theater. And we had a speaker out in the court, in the, the, the hallway there, and it would play our service. And we had a, a lot of the managers who were there didn't go to church. And one young lady had never been to church, but she would hear the worship and hear the sermons being taught in the hallway while she was working and preparing to open the theater once we left. And finally found out that one of her friends was actually coming to service. And she just said, hey, can I come with you and just sit with you. I don't want to go alone. And she showed up and she just told me, she said, I ended up crying the entire time. And at the end of the service, when you gave us a chance to respond to Jesus, I raised my hand. She gave her life to the Lord. Currently, she's in our Movement Leadership Academy. Right now, she's running the show in our tech booth and she's pursuing purpose. Her name is Sahar. And I just want to tell you, what I love about that story is we were in a complex that was built and designed around entertainment. That is built and designed around showcasing and glorifying Hollywood, which is the exact opposite of the word and the truth of God. But when the people of God assembled in a theater, which was designed to showcase things that are opposite of God, the people of God assembled, the presence of God showed up, and lives are changed for an eternity. Listen, stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. You need to make church a priority. Three reasons why you need to go to church. Number one, the presence of God. Number two, everyone say number two. Don't repeat the next part. God's power. So God's presence shows up and God's power shows up. We just read Matthew 18, verse 20, but let me read the verse right before it. Matthew 18, verse 19. This is Jesus speaking. He said, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Look, for where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am among them. So Jesus is saying, hey, when you come together, ask God to move. He wants to move. But it says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. The word for is a preposition, which actually means because. So that's saying he moves in power when we assemble because he's already here. You need God's presence, and listen, you need God's power, and his power shows up when his presence is here. You need God's power in your life. When you've tried everything in your power to change a circumstances, you need the supernatural power of God. When you face the precipice of your marriage falling apart and you have no more answers, you need the power of God. When you get a diagnosis from a doctor who says there is no hope, you need the power of God that says, oh yeah, there's hope. Watch this. When you have a teenage son or daughter that's going buck wild crazy and you don't know what to do, you need the power of God. When you have a mom or dad who's going buck wild crazy, come on my people. You need the power of God. It's the same power that split the sea. It's the same power that heals the sick. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And he shows up in a unique way when we assemble. And we have access to this on a weekly basis. The challenge is most people, not you, but first and third service and other churches, most people, do you know the average attendance in Orange County is once every six weeks? So here's my challenge to you. Make church on Sundays a priority. Not an afterthought, not an accessory, but make it a priority. Be here two to three times a month. Don't view church like a restaurant. Well, where do you want to go eat today? 
never forget, I started asking when we first got here, people what church to go to. Oh, I go to this church, Saddleback, for the teaching, and I go to this vineyard church for the worship, and then I go to this other church because there's, you know, good-looking singles there, and I like to go to that. And it's like church, like a buffet. Like, I want a little bit of this and a little bit of that, a little bit of this. You could get with this, or you could get with that. You could get with this, you could get with that, but you should get with this. Get this, and where is that? Are y'all with me right now? That's a good, that's going to be our next promo for Movement Church. Adu, da, anyways, moving on. Megan's doing this already. Don't just take the best from, hey, listen, you're missing what God designed church to be. And I get it, going, making a commitment to a church can often be difficult. So I'm not suggesting that it's not difficult. I'm just suggesting that it's worth it. And you know how to commit to things that are difficult. Because you take little Johnny to soccer practice 18 times a week. Not a game, just practice. 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 18 times. And you don't miss it because you don't want to get a scolding email from his coach. You know what I'm talking about. And the reason you take your kids to practice is because you play like you practice. And the game's coming this weekend, and the game is going to be rough. Well, listen, church is preparation for the game of life. It's preparation for the game of life. You need God's power at work in your life when life hits. Can I just tell you statistically, I know your, your son and daughter are the most amazing athletes on the planet. I'm talking about other people right now. But your kid, you're spending billions of dollars and going to 87 practices a day for them. If they play high school sports, have a 2% chance of getting a scholarship in college. 2%. Joe just said, in Jesus' name. (laughs) But listen, there's a 100% chance that life is going to try to beat up your kids. There's a 100% chance that life is going to hit you, and you need, listen, the practice of the presence of God on a consistent basis in your life. I, my kids play sports and do extracurricular activities. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying make going to church a priority because when he's here, his presence is here, his power is at work, and stuff happens here that doesn't happen anywhere else. Three reasons why you need to go to church. Everyone say, go to church. Say this, say God's presence, say God's power. Number three, say God's people. God's people. I've had this stupid cough since Christmas Eve, I'm over it. God's people. The presence and the power of God flows through his people. You might say, well, I just need me and God. I just need me and God, we're good. We got this. If I've got God, that's all we need. But God didn't even set it up that way. That's not even part of his design. You actually need God's people. God created you and me with the need for people. When God created the world, when he created the earth, he said everything was good. He said the mountains, they're good. The ocean is good. Can I get an amen? I went to a beach day yesterday. I was like, mm, it is good. The trees are good. The stars are good. And he creates man and he said, I can do better. He said, that's not what he said. That was paraphrase. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. And he created Eve. Why? Because we need people. We need God, but we need people in our life. The New Testament reiterates this in 1 Peter chapter 2. He said, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. 
Romans 9.25 says this, those who were not my people, I will call them my people. And I love that because God's saying, hey, you belong to a family and it's all inclusive. Anyone is welcome. And it's good to be a part of the people of God. Jesus even backs this up all through his ministry. Time and time again, the religious leaders were trying to put Jesus in a corner, so to speak, to get him to say something that would anger the Jews in that region or something that would anger the Roman Empire. And they said, okay, Jesus, tell us, which of the commandments are the greatest? And Jesus spoke up and he said, well, the greatest commandment are these. Number one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You've probably heard this before. And Jesus said this, and equal to it. So love God with everything that you are and equal to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He goes on and he says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two. This is the greatest thing that we can do. He's saying this is the linchpin of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You could probably say it like this, relationship with God and relationship with God's people. We, We need God's people. And you might go, why? Why do we need God's people? Well, all throughout the scripture in the Old and the New Testament, the picture's painted as why we need his people. In 1 Corinthians, one of the chief writers of the New Testament named Paul, in verse chapter 14, 26, he said, here's what I want you to do. When you gather, when you assemble for worship, I want you, each one of you, to be prepared with something that will be useful for all. Useful for all, another word would be edification or encouraging to all. He said, for some of you, you need to sing a hymn. Others of you teach a lesson. Others tell a story and others a prayer and others provide an insight. He's saying there are some of you crafted to play the instrument and others that are over across the courtyard right now that are designed to inspire your kids towards greatness and others who are the best handshaking, hand-waving greeters on the planet and others who have an ability to share a word and God uses each of us with those gifts on purpose because when we come together, something miraculous takes place. Here's another way of saying it, that you have a need internally and God sees that. But he's going to give someone else something you need because when we come together, something beautifully miraculous takes place. We need each other. And we won't experience it unless we come together, unless we assemble. God designed it that way, to live together in community. In the Old Testament, the picture was painted through the language of what was called the signal trumpets. And our band is coming to join me on this stage. You may not have heard of the signal trumpets, but they would use these to assemble the people and look at what would happen in Numbers chapter 10, verses 1 to 2. And this was God speaking. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them, listen, for the calling of the congregation, for the direction and of the movement of the camps. And in verse nine, he says, and when you go to war, your land in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets and you will be remembered before the Lord your God and you will be saved from your enemies. These trumpets were used for edification, direction, and protection. 
Why come together, you might ask? Because you need to be edified. You will need direction in your life. Listen, and there's seasons and times where we all need protection. You know, the wolf catches the sheep that's on the fray, outside of the herd. And the Bible refers to the people of God as a flock. And we're referred to as sheep. And the sheep that's on the outside of the pack, away from on the fray, on the edge, is the one that the wolf attacks. And I just want to challenge you that you need people around you. You need people in your world. If you're on the fray with no connection, you're missing the fullness of what God has for you. Do you know I believe the greatest plague impacting humanity right now is not the coronavirus. It's isolation. It's isolation. For whatever reason, I I don't know, but we face problems and challenges And instead of running towards the people of God or people in our world, we kind of moonwalk out of the scenario into positions of isolation. And I believe there's two reasons that we do this. One is fear and the other is shame. Shame that when people get close enough, when they find out who I really am, that they'll probably reject me anyways. When people get close enough, they may judge me. Or they'll abandon me like everyone else has. The other is fear. And that is that some of us just don't know if we're ready to trust people again. So we remain on this island of isolation. And we're missing out on what God wants to do because it only takes place when we're surrounded by the people of God. It's why we do connect groups at the movement church. We create spaces where you can build relationships with not perfect people but just people who are in the same seasons of life have the similar struggles to you, but you're not alone. You're not on the outskirts. You need people. Let me tell you the difference between being gathered and being assembled. Being gathered and being assembled. About a year ago, I got hit in a car accident and it totaled my car and I had to buy a new one. And I, my car was paid for Isn't that the worst thing ever? There's nothing better than a paid-for car that gets you from A to B and the air condition blows cold. Can I get an amen from some people? And I had to buy a new car. And if I was to invite you over to my house and invited you into the garage, say, hey, I want you to come check out my new car. And you walk outside and you see a stack of four tires and then you see a transmission and then you see the passenger door and the engine block and pieces are just kind of all around. You, You would look at me like I'm insane. This is not a car. Sure, the parts are gathered, but you aren't going anywhere until this thing is assembled. There's a difference between being gathered, which is just being in the presence of other people, and being assembled. When the trumpet would sound, they would assemble. The same could be said for a pile of bricks. Each individual brick has its own individual worth and strength and and maybe even beauty. And their worth and their strength and beauty increases as we rightly connect each of these bricks one to another. And in so doing, we're assembling these bricks. And after a while, with brick assembly, we slowly build a home. And it's a home where God can dwell and people find hope. There's another young lady who 
was invited to our church and she came but wasn't really sure about her belief. In fact, she asked, I, I don't wanna have to believe but I'll come and hang out and she sat in a service and felt a little challenged because I just not even sure what it is that I believe and one of our communicators as we normally do said the statement, permission to belong before you believe and she was like, okay, I can do that. But something changed when she got around the people of God. She decided, I'm just gonna give this thing a shot and she started hanging out with different people in our church. And it was the people of God where she saw the fullness of God's hope and plan in their life. And she opened her heart to it. And in a service in this building or another, she raised her hand and said yes to Jesus. Right now, she's also a student at our Movement Leadership Academy. She's serving right now as a leader in Movement Kids. And I'm pretty positive she met her boyfriend in this church too. And I just think something amazing and so if you're single, get connected to the people of God. I just think something amazing takes place when the people of God assemble. We've got to make church a priority. The New Testament in Hebrews, the writer said, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but come together exhorting one another. Hey, you are the church, so make church a priority because when we show up, his presence and his power are released through his people. Amen? You know, I can't explain every aspect and facet of how God operates. In fact, the Bible says that his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And I think sometimes we try to put God into a box because it, he fits safely there. And I'll, I'll pull him out of that box when I need him and do just this or that, and then I'm gonna put you back over there. And we, we miss out on the fullness of what God wants to do, the God who created the heavens and the earth. He can and is doing the miraculous. And I think if we will assemble like this, but assemble with an expectancy, God, the God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the maker of the heavens and earth. Today, God, I'm assembling with other followers of Jesus with an expectation for you to move. I'm just telling you there's something about an expectation. And listen, you get it. It's the same thing that happens with children, the expectation on Christmas Eve of the next morning. And I think sometimes we've allowed the disappointments of our life to strip away great expectation because we're tired of being disappointed. And I just wanna encourage some of you today that God will never let you down. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Even if you feel like he has abandoned you, he has not because he is faithful to complete everything that he starts. So I wanna challenge you when you come to the church, come with an expectation that God's gonna meet me here and do something miraculous, amen? Hey, there's some of us in this room who the next step for you is simply beginning the journey with Jesus. I'm not talking about church membership or getting rid of your past, but just saying yes to him. And in a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer right where you're seated, no embarrassment, but maybe in a small whisper or the quietness of your own heart, I wanna just challenge you to make the prayer I pray your own. And listen, some of you in this room may have prayed a prayer like that, but you have been running from God, and today's your day to come running back. I want to challenge you to make that prayer your own. Would you do me a favor? Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody moving, nobody looking around. 
But if you're here and you've never made the decision to begin with Jesus, today's your day. And the rest of you that may be running, why don't we come running back to him this morning? Why don't you make this prayer your own? Just say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me and you've given me purpose. I'm tired of doing this on my own. I'm tired of hiding behind shame and fear. I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? And now just make this statement your own. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.